Hello, handball friends. We are here in the Faroe Islands. And by we, I mean Chris O'Reilly and Brian Campion. Hello, Brian. How are you, Chris? I'm good. We're at the beginning of this episode, but we're actually, uh, in reality, after Faroe Islands game against Ukraine and uh, we've been on quite a a podcast journey alongside our own actual reason for being here uh, which we're going to share with you a little bit over the next hour because we took the opportunity to talk to a lot of people should we start where should we start I think we should start uh, with uh, we arrived on Tuesday and we were invited over to the training of the Faroe Islands and sat down with two very interesting gentlemen didn't we we did uh, we had a, we had the man on everyone's lips if they knew how to pronounce his name nobody, does. <laughs> <laughs> nobody dares to uh, Elias Ellison Ah Shipagotu you're getting there or now. something along those lines yeah. as we learned very early in the chat uh, the main man in this revival or not even revival this emergence of Faroese handball heading off to Kiel next season and uh, we started the interview with him right after training and then we were joined by Nick Satchwell who has a really interesting story as well uh, a guy who was once a part of the British handball team uh, and is now playing for the Faroe Islands he talks to us a little bit about that uh, but I think that's enough of an intro should we just dive into it? Yes, let's get going a real test of the pronunciation. Brian didn't want to do it at the beginning, but he's going to introduce you. <laughs> no, I won't. Can you introduce yourself so we all know officially how to say your name? Elias Ellefsen Arshipagotu. Ah, Shipagotu. Okay, I was going Ah, Skipagotu. What's the more of this? I've, he- I've been hearing too many Swedes say your name. Yeah, That's the problem. Can't they, they can't say it. Can't say it. Say it. Well, there you go. Uh, Elias, we're in Torshavn on the eve of what is potentially a historic day for the team. But all that aside... Just watching you guys do a little bit of training there, everyone seems really like, calm, composed, in a in a good mood, just like a normal training session. Yeah, we're excited and look are looking very much forward to the match tomorrow. Uh, this is uh, the the biggest game the Fire Islands has uh, ever had, but uh, we try to not think too much about that and just relax and uh, and enjoy it. Yeah. I think one thing which we both realised, I mean, we travel around a lot to go to different games and clubs in different countries, but everybody you talk to here knows about the game tomorrow. Every single person you could talk. We were Not to add any pressure. Not to add any pressure. No, not to add any pressure. But it is really incredible how much it has gripped the, the nation here. You get into a taxi. Chris was in a taxi with a guy yesterday, and he was talking about your under 18 results. Under 20 and team. Like we're in the top eight in Europe, and they're going to the World Championship yeah. in, in the summer. Uh, yeah, I mean, just just pride in the in the team and what handball means for this country. It's it's very clear to see. And now that I mean, you've grown up here, right? But uh, now coming back from Sweden every couple of months for these games, do you feel that as well? Yeah, everyone is excited. When you meet uh, people just in, in the town, they uh, always say uh, good luck and uh, that they are coming and looking forward to it. So it's uh, 
it's very fun to be a part of and uh, we're proud that we uh, have the chance now to uh, to uh, qualify because uh, it's not every day that uh, a Faroese uh, team has the chance to do that in any sport. So uh, we're proud, but uh, know that there's a lot of job to uh, to do. Uh, so we uh, just have to be calm and uh, relaxed and uh, do our best tomorrow. I guess it. I mean, it doesn't really matter in the in the grand scheme of things as well. I mean, what you've achieved already in this campaign is so impressive. Also in the last campaign with that first win. And looking at the ages of the players, I mean, just looking at yourself and Oli there is still 17, right? There's a, a huge potential for this team in the future. Is that something you talk about as well, that it's not about what happens this week or in a couple of months that you're building for the future? Yeah, of course, we know that this is this is only the start. Uh, Nick, come, uh, but uh, <laughs> but we'll, uh, we'll still try to do everything tomorrow uh, to qualify it. Uh, Federation has had like a plan to uh, to like in uh, 2024 we uh, will qualify. So uh, okay. tomorrow we we have the chance. But uh, yeah, uh, as I said, there's still a lot of job to do left, and uh, this is only the start for uh, for Ferris Humble. And uh, Elias already answered the first question I was going to have for Nick. If you'd like to join us here uh, about whether he prefers Nick or Nicholas. Hi, Chris. Hi. Hi. How you doing? Do you want to hop up here with yeah. Elias? Because also we're really intrigued by your story and how you ended up with this team because uh, we've known about the Faroe Islands and the national team, about the, the youth that is coming through now. But you've taken a bit of a different route to get to this team. Um, yeah, uh, I moved here in 2015 um, and then uh, playing for a club team up here. Played for five years for a team called Nyston here in Torsan. And in uh, 2018, the federation approached me and uh, asked if I was interested in in uh, changing uh, from Great Britain to, to representing uh, the Faroe Islands. And uh, I thought it was a, a good opportunity and uh, a great honour uh, to be to be asked to represent uh, the Faroe Islands. Uh, so I accepted. And then since then, you know, the uh, uh, improvements the team has shown have just been phenomenal. And uh, as you say, the the young kids or the Young player, younger players coming through now are just uh, improving and improving every day. It's amazing what they can do, and uh, I think you can see that in the results we've had lately. And uh, how's your Faroes? Oh, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> How is his Faroes? It's uh, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but because uh, you are originally from. Uh, Born and bred in the UK, right? Uh, I was or born in England. My, yeah. my dad's English. Uh, my mother's Danish. Okay. Um, so I have a Danish passport um, and thus qualified to play for the Faroe Islands as well. Okay. Ah, I see. Interesting. Because you were part of the British team leading up to 2012. Yeah. And I believe you were basically man number 15 in a 14-man squad. Like this this close to being uh, part of the, the team, right? Yeah. Um, I played for Great Britain from... I think 2008, I had my first cap until uh, 2015, um, the Emerging Nations tournament that went on then. Um, and as you said, at the Olympics, I was number 15. Unfortunately, I didn't get to play. But this is way better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's fascinating. And what brought you then here in 20... It was 2015 you f yeah. t uh, first moved to... Yeah, um, uh, actually, uh, an uh, English handball coach called Scotty Harrington mm -hmm. um, played for... Uh, or was coach of a club team up here. And he, he knew me and uh, he asked if I was interested in coming. 
Okay. Coming to play for the team. And then it was the women that kept you here. Or? Yeah. yeah. Uh, my. <laughs> my uh, Eli- <laughs> this is audio. So Elias, uh, can you can you re- represent what you're nodding there? Uh, he, we uh, are used to uh, getting players here, and then we uh, give them a wife, and then then they stay. <laughs> <laughs> then they can't move again. <laughs> Good tactic. Yeah, it's uh, my my uh, girlfriend is Ferries, uh, actually the sister of uh, the former uh, captain of the national team, and uh, yeah, my son was born here, so uh, I feel like I'm part of the Ferries family, mm-hmm. even though I'm I'm not born Ferries. Nice, and that's uh, that's a really nice uh, side to it because you also had, I think a couple of years ago there was a Balkan player as well. I'm trying to think of his Filip name. Filip Jojic. Filip Jojic, yeah. Uh, so it's it's quite a nice mixture of the, let's say the the new generation of players who are coming up, and you know there there are players even, you know I've recognised watching over the years from when Faroe Islands had to play against the likes of me and Brian. On the Irish team because you were stuck at that level for quite a while until you've come up to what you are now and yeah the the improvement has been immense when I was in that taxi that Brian mentioned yesterday I was asking what do you think is the the key to to this team being so good why are all these amazing young players uh, coming through and it's something you told me in in uh, Gothenburg a couple of years ago about the hall being open nearby maybe you can tell us a bit more about that and growing up with your teammates slash cousins and brother yeah we uh, have always had the keys to the hall and uh, our families and uh, the people in age 71 have had uh, lots of discussions with uh, the 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 guy who manages the yeah hall. the guy who manages yeah, the yeah, hall yeah, yeah because Janice. he uh, <laughs> Janice <was manager. laughs> no I don't know <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah him and he uh, he didn't want us to be there but uh, we used to uh, like go and train in the hall and then when he came and kicked us out we went uh, outside and just waited until he went uh, with the car and then we <laughs> got in again with uh, with the keys so we uh, we had uh, yeah uh, that's maybe because we uh, are good that we uh, could train uh, whenever we wanted to and didn't have a coach who said to us like do that and do that and do that but uh, that we were just there and having fun and uh, and training by ourselves we just heard as well that you're the country's getting a new hall in two years time it's going to be 2800 seater which is about five percent of the population which if you fill it is quite an impressive will you get keys to that hall as well or uh, I don't think so, but uh, <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> On that point, um, when I moved here, um, I actually coached against Elias. I was an under-14 coach uh, for Nyston and he was playing for H21. And also, um, when when we were training or when there were games going on, you know, the, the kids that weren't playing in the game, they'd always be behind the goals, throwing handballs and stuff. Um, so there's always uh, you could always see that they wanted to train extra or just to have fun with the ball and I think uh, you can see some of that on the on the court now um, just having fun Elias it's yourself and your brother who may have a slightly more <coughs> difficult name to pronounce his first name is Roa Roa then it's the uh, it's Oli Maton who's your the Mitons are your cousins yeah. right and there's Three of them, Pauli, Oli, and Yana. Yana. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, who's on the women's team. Do you feel like it's a family affair throughout the Faroese handball? Do you find a lot of these, like uh, you know, siblings or cousins or you know, parents coaching these teams? Yeah, so we're not a, a big country, so uh, it will be like that. That uh, there are a lot of families. Uh, 
that like uh, are are big and humble, and uh, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's uh, a very good thing. So uh, yeah, you've seen how good it is for the Norwegian uh, women's team as well. They're all a bunch of sisters, and mm-hmm. I think in Dutch handball as well, uh, it seems to be a, a positive way to go with it. Talk to us a little bit about the like for you in the last couple of years then, and the the increase in attention that you've gotten as well. So in the last couple of years, Elias has gone to Sweden and pursued that side of things. You're based in Iceland yeah. now, right, as well. How, how many seasons are you there? Um, I've, this is my third season third there. Season. Um, I'm moving to Norway next season. Okay. Um, Coming back now for these yeah. national team windows, do you find there's a, a big difference also in the way people are, are talking about the team and uh, maybe noticing you? I uh, maybe um, a little bit more expectation now than there has been before, but the, uh, the attention that has been given to the national team has always been, been great. Um, we've always had uh, pretty much a full hole when we've, we played at home. Unfortunately, the first qualifying tournament I was part of, uh, we had to play in Denmark. Um, but since we've been able to play at home, there's always been uh, a full crowd and a great support. Um, but maybe uh, since uh, in the last couple of years, since uh, the results we've had, maybe there's a little bit more expectation from the public than there has been before. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that's just... You know, there's also more expectation from the players. You know, we have put pressure on ourselves to perform, and like Elias said, we have a, a chance tomorrow, and we're going to go out and try and do our best. Mm-hmm. And you, of course, Elias, are moving to Kiel next season. How did that come about? And was it an easy choice to pick Kiel, or did you have other options on the table that was made the choice a bit more difficult? How many other options? How many <laughs> other options? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I had other options, but uh, Kiel has always been a, a childhood dream to play there. Uh, I always said to my dad when I was young that I wanted to play uh, in Kiel. So uh, when they approached me, it was it was not a hard choice. I uh, I wanted to to go there. Okay, I remember speaking to uh, Emil Berggren as well, who was the I guess the managing director or the head of the head of Severhof uh, for a couple of years, and every time he was like, "I'm doing my best to hold on to him." This is after like <laughs> not even one year. It's like I just need one more year with him, and then we'll then we'll sell him. <laughs> but uh, also, you've got uh, Hakon Vestavtaigam who's going to Berlin next season. It's uh, Bundesliga is about to experience Fairways handball properly. You played against Germany here, right, and in Germany in the World Championship playoff, but. Uh, I mean, how incredible does it feel to be representing your country at that stage as well? Because there's no other athletes from these islands who are doing what you're doing. No, oh, it will be uh, be very fun, and we're we're proud. But uh, but hopefully this is just the start, and we will get uh, get more to to the big leagues. And uh, like every player in the national team takes a step every year. We uh, the players are coming to bigger and uh, and better clubs every year. So uh, so hopefully there will be uh, more to come. This is obviously our first time in the country and we've never been to a game here in, in the Faroe Islands. And we, we did grow up on an island as well, so the people are, who grew up on an island are a bit crazy. What can we expect tomorrow in the hall in terms of the fans? What, what kind of fans are they, the local ones? Well, there will be a good atmosphere. We, uh, we have good fans. Uh, at times they can be a little bit slow to wake up, but uh, <laughs> always in the, in the second half they're, they're always there to, uh, to shout and support us. And... Uh, yeah, you will get uh, an experience. They are, uh, they can be very loud. Mm-hmm. For anyone who's listening who hasn't seen this hall, I mean, we've watched it on live streams and the games before, and uh, it is incredible. Like the setup is so different to any other hall. I mean, with the two big stands at the ends of the the goal, and we're sitting on what could be any, basically any school gym hall, and then on your side where I'll be sitting up in the 
the place where I guess I'll need a ladder to get up there tomorrow and uh, you guys will probably hear me shouting from above which is going to be weird as well <laughs> so I have to mind what I'm saying uh, in that half but uh, does that what kind of atmosphere does that create as well because I guess from the bench you uh, you're staring directly at everyone and uh, I guess also defending must give you a lot of power as well with the crowd really right behind you well you're in goal all the time uh, so a, yeah <laughs> as a goalkeeper you know if if I'm if I save a shot you know I can just hear just the crowd erupt behind yeah. me it's uh um, actually the last shot against Romania was down here and you know uh, just exploded yeah, yeah. A great feeling and we have a nice I mean it's it feels like a very like a family atmosphere even here as well with a few people watching the training earlier and I mean we just walked in I mean we could have been anyone we didn't nobody really cared it's like oh chances are you're allowed in here it's fine uh, that's Elias's mum oh it's Elias's mum <laughs> there you go, yeah, there you go. Uh, bringing the, the bringing flag. the French flag for the referees yeah. tomorrow <laughs> so it is really a family affair which is fantastic uh, because your mum is involved in the, the administration side as well I think you told me before yeah she is yeah. The head of the federation. There you go. Oh, oh, yes. Federation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Um, and about the about living here as well. I mean, you grew up here. Where exactly did you grow up? One kilometers uh, that way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So really close. <laughs> we had a. I mean, I had a little bit of time today to walk around. Went over to the Nordic House and and had lunch. And just the drive here from the airport to to Torshavn is incredible as well. The landscape is. Is remarkable. What is daily life here? I mean, y you've known it, but now that you've kind of had a bit of time in Gothenburg as well, how do you compare it to uh, to growing up here? Uh, oh, but it's it's a lot smaller. Uh, I mean, everyone knows everyone, and uh, like you can't just uh, do something without everyone knowing it. So uh, you have to behave and uh, and be good. So uh, not like in Sweden. <laughs> not like in Sweden. <laughs> There you can do everything you want. No. <laughs> so it's yeah, everyone knows everyone, and we uh, yeah, it's a very small community. And uh, like where I grew up, everyone, almost everyone, was involved in the age seventy one, my uh, hometown uh, club. So uh, we are very good in the Far Islands to like do volunteer work, and uh, everyone helps. And uh, yeah, so I think uh, that's the biggest thing. Where in England were you born? Nick? Uh, I was born in London, London. Uh, but I, I, I didn't live there very long yeah. and then I've lived in, in lots of countries. Okay, uh, well, what, what would you consider your other home now besides Faroe Islands? Get Denmark? Uh, um, yeah, probably Denmark. Yeah. Okay. Whereabouts uh, in Denmark did you uh, I grew up in a small village in, uh, on Fyn, uh, mm -hmm. a, a smaller island in Denmark. Um, yeah, I played for the local club there. So. This is basically just you continuing your life, right? yeah. just another small place. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really like it here. Um, as Elias said, you know, everyone knows everyone. Um, and uh, it's got this yeah, uh, small town or village feel to it, um, which I, I quite enjoy. And so, growing up in London, which football team did you support or did you watch football? I'm a, I'm a West Ham fan. West Ham? Yeah. Okay. West Ham. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Spurs, I was about to stop the podcast. <laughs> And so, I mean, we're going to release this after the after the games. We can talk a little bit about about it. Expectations we, we kind of covered at the beginning, but this whole group has been, as I think a lot of people expected, really, really tight. And uh, no matter what happens tomorrow, 
it's going to go down to the final game. How do you feel the your team has settled into the opposition of this group in comparison to previous campaigns? So the last Euro qualifiers, you got a victory and that was like a big thing. But now, as you mentioned, there was the expectation with it. Do you feel like also the teams you're facing now really understand that they cannot mess around when they're facing it? Yeah, of course. Uh, so we we try to take steps all the time, and uh, I think the other no teams uh, know that we uh, we are good, and we uh, always have a chance of winning. You mentioned the the way you grew up playing as well, without the without the coach, and you see that a little bit in your style as well. Do you notice that as well in the in the brothers and cousins that they kind of are a little bit rogue or do things that you know the other teams don't expect? Um, or does Peter just have to try and keep you under wraps? <laughs> so, so you should have seen some. Of the passes at training yesterday they were okay. it was amazing um, um, no but you can see that um, that they've played together for a long time not just uh, youth handball but also the, the youth national teams there's uh, an understanding of, of what uh, what they're trying to do um, which I think helps us as a team as well now I think you're about to eat some food right yeah. us, so I think we can leave it enjoy your dinner thank, <laughs> thank you so much good luck thank you. Thank we're you. looking forward to it and uh, hopefully we'll talk again at some yeah. point okay. thank you that was Nick and Elias. And do you feel a bit more confident about the pronunciation now? I, st- I still won't dare say it live on air. <laughs> you will never hear me say those words. <laughs> <laughs> we were here. Yeah, still, uh, we're doing this whole, all the intro, outro, in between bits uh, from the hotel, the lovely uh, Park Inn. Hilton Park Inn. Hilton Park Inn. Yeah. And uh, overlooking the night sky. Well, it's it's now. Um, let me just check the time here. It's five to eleven, and it's still a bit. There's still a bit of twilight. So yeah, the sun's not pitch very, dark. Very very late here. But we did have another interview on Tuesday. We did. Uh, we spoke to a man who has been there from the very very beginning. He started way back when the Fairlands didn't even have a national team. So yeah. he's been. He's a man who has seen it all. It's Ari Rouch. And Ari is a guy who actually knows the Irish handball scene a little bit because he he's been there when the Faroe Islands were playing at, as I say, at that level. They were always much better than when us, they were mucking it. When they, mucking yeah, it with yeah. us. And uh, so, yeah, a very interesting man. He's, he's, uh, he's seen it all and uh, he's really at the core of this whole Faroe Islands movement. So, we sat, with him, sat down with him just directly after we talked to the two lads and talked, talked everything about the development of. Fairways handball on the men's and the women's side, the youth, and also a bit of culture as well. Yeah. And a bit of kind of living on the Faroe Islands and other Fairways independence. Fairways independence, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a mixed bag, but a very interesting listen and a, and a really great guy to talk to. Yes, please introduce yourself so Brian doesn't have to. <laughs> yeah, my name is Ari Rauch. Rauch. Yeah. That's easy enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. <laughs> And you are the Secretary General of the Fairways um, Yeah, I'm pretty much everything. everything. Um, I've been with the Fairways Handball Federation uh, for 10 years now. I started on my own in 2012, but now we are four uh, people in the administration with a director and a sports director and uh, accountant and everything that that you need. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you're you're a very good man then to paint a picture for us for the journey that the Fairies handball or for Fairies handball has generally been on. Take us back to the beginning when you started, where it was and how it's ended up where it is right now. Well, um, 
I started in 2012, and actually the Faroe Islands didn't have uh, a national team back then. Uh, no senior team and no youth teams. But um, we could still see that there was talent uh, around in the clubs and that the clubs were doing a good job uh, in producing talent, but you, you needed to somehow uh, grab this talent and, and uh, make the national team work uh, more stable and ongoing and systematic. That's sort of the thing we tried to do. How can we, we need an administration, we need to finances, we need um, uh, sponsors, uh, the right coaches. Uh, so, so that package we tried to make sort of into a, a, a vision or, or a, yeah, how do you say, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and also in this vision was that uh, we wanted to uh, qualify for the for the Euros in 2024, which is the next one. Yeah. So when did you set that? that it was uh, back in, 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 in 2013. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so what was the reaction when you what said What age that? was Ilias Selassie? <laughs> <laughs> 2013. Yeah. Ten years ago. So he was, what, 11? Did you know already you had him? <laughs> well, actually, we, 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 me and my colleague were standing in a, a corner uh, seeing this under-12 uh, boys playing and... and we were both saying that when these boys grow up, uh, we will be good because we could see it already. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it felt like an awful long time. Yep. Uh, but here we are. Have you got a handball background as well? What is your sporting background here? Yeah, I've played in a fair risk club and I've also coached uh, also during my, my student year in Copenhagen. I was also playing with the student team for the for uh, the fair student team in Copenhagen. Uh, yeah. So. so you've always, uh, you've known about, I mean, even, as you said, in 2012, even though there wasn't this elite national team, the sport here has always been a big thing. Yeah, right? the challenge was, was always to, to make the national team work more stable and ongoing. Um, I think that the, the Ferris Handball Federation has gone you know, bankrupt two or three times during the, the 80s and, and 90s. So, so um and it was always the question: Should we compete in the next uh, qualification or not? Should we, should we try a youth team this time? So, so in, in t- 2012, we, we said that we, we need to compete every time, both with the youth and with the senior. In order to have a good senior team, we need to have good youth teams. So, you need to have everything if you want to uh, progress. Mm-hmm. Mm. And where where does handball sit in terms of popularity in the country? Because a lot of people say to me second after football. Is that true? And how like how many active players does the does the island have? Well, we've said two thousand and six hundred active players for for, for um, uh, the last couple of years. But we actually did a check now, and we're up to three thousand players now. So uh, it's it's a big part of the uh, population, and it's getting more and more popular. We feel. Uh, football is still the biggest. I think they maybe have, I don't know, 4,000 active players. But uh, um, Not by much then? No, 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 no. We're gaining ground. Yeah. And I guess, uh, you know, success in that sense breeds interest. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, both in, in the in the population and with, with uh, sponsors, uh, uh, we have a good uh, uh, progression. Mm-hmm. Mm. So... In the last, now it's 11 years since you, you took over, you said you, you saw that under-12 team 
and uh, and notice the I guess a spark of of talent in there. We spoke to Elias before, and, and he was telling us about having the keys to the 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 hall near his near his place where his brother and the, the his cousins the Matuns were always just training away. Mm. Um, was there a certain time? Can you remember where it kind of clicked in your mind? past 2012 you're like okay now we actually you know these guys are serious these guys are the real deal um well um there was actually a generation before the 2002 uh, elias generation uh then boys born 96 um who um in in 2014 were the first we, we started with a with a youth team again and they went to the european open did quite well uh, played in the in the Euro and World qualification tournaments uh, and um, and qualified in 2017 for for uh, the World Championships in Algeria. That was a big um, a big. Uh, it was on the 21s, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, there, I could I could see that we were we were onto something, and a lot of those players of born '96 are also the core of this uh, national team. Which is being sort of spiced up with with the uh, younger boys now, and also in 2019 when when uh, our boys born 2002 won the European Open, that was uh, against the likes of Sweden, Spain, and and uh, Hungary. Uh, that was big for us. With that, I mean, remember the European Open win in in Gothenburg then, and Elias then shortly moved to uh, to Sevahov. Yes. Uh, I guess you became good friends with Emil Berggren then very yeah. quickly. Yeah. Uh, your your main scout. Yeah. Um, but like, how important do you feel that has been in terms of exporting the players? And maybe you can tell us a bit because I know there is a a real connection, uh, obviously, with Denmark and also kids going to school for a year in Denmark as well in terms of the building the culture for players yeah um, it's it's uh, getting more and more common common that that uh, uh, various youth players when they go to 10th grade they go to a, a sports uh, school and then a sports academy or uh, a 10th grade uh, in Denmark for a year um, and the likes of uh, Elias and Hakon they did that in I think it was Skanderborg um, and they stayed on uh, uh, and and uh, they, when the Danish clubs spot some talent, they 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 often try to try to keep them. Uh, um, yeah, and that's like a, a thing in the Faroes. My my son is going next year. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Also a handball player. Yes. Okay. Um, and uh, um, yeah, exporting players and and. Uh, just building that network in, in uh, I, I think back in the days Faroese players were always considered you know they went to Copenhagen to study to started in some local club uh, were considered kind of lazy uh, like to you know just hang out in cafes and drink in the weekends uh, <laughs> But uh, is that based on any fact now? <laughs> no, <laughs> just Danes. No, it's just, just Danish people. It's just how, yeah. how they were considered, okay. and and and, uh, and that when you when you get a player from from a club, uh, if you want him in your team, you need to trust him. You need to. Uh, uh, we didn't feel that that trust was there, uh, and and that you could believe in a fairways player could be a good player. Okay. Yeah. 
What do you think is is there something in particular that has changed about that besides these amazing players coming through, or has there been some kind of dialogue in that sense to change the culture? Uh, well, I, I guess uh, within the Ferris players, they have a, a a bigger belief in themselves and and also see that handball can even be a career um, and and the training mentality is much uh, better now. So so yeah. Um, and you, with these big players coming through at the moment, and I was talking to someone before I came here, and they were explaining to another furious person who wasn't that knowledgeable about handball that they have these now these three players who the Fair Islands are never going to have for the next hundred years, but they have them right now. It's like the golden generation. Do you think it's? Do you see the influence that they have on maybe some of the younger players coming through? That they see a clear pathway from playing handball here now, making the national team, and then going on to play for Kiel or Fuxa Berlin or something like that? Uh, for sure, for sure. It's it's um, you can you can uh, you can see uh, uh, the sparkle in, in in the kids' eyes when they see uh, Elias and Ole and Hakon. Uh, and we've we've never had this in this sense before. Uh, we have stars and, and and I guess it's also kind of the way uh, you play handball it, it, um, it's very watchable it's very entertaining um, it's like to have a I don't know like a, a circus player on yeah. your team mm-hmm. uh, it's it sells your sport uh, very well yeah that's something there that Elias was talking about how because they they didn't have a coach as well when they were doing all these extra trainings or just playing around that it has uh, sparked something in the way they play and Nick was saying as well you should have seen some of the passes they were doing in training yesterday do you, do you feel or do you see that among the youth players now that they're trying to replicate it a little bit like Elias floating through the air sideways for sure for sure that they try to use both hands yeah. and, and uh, um, yeah for sure for sure and and uh, we try to promote the different towns to, to have their uh, playing halls open, open for for if somebody's training, maybe somebody in the corner can you know throw a ball somewhere, and if they finish five minutes before the kids can come on court and play, um, it's something we try to promote uh, uh, all around. Yeah. You're going to have to forgive me here now, and my knowledge on Faroese sporting history maybe isn't so vast, but if the Faroe Islands do qualify for the Euro 2024, where would that rank in terms of the sporting achievements of the country? Oh, it, I guess it would be right up there, especially considering a team sport. We've had, you know, like a, a Olympic finalists in swimming and, and in rowing, but, but um, uh, team sport, I think, is something else. Um, and and it would be I, I I think it would be the biggest achievement for sure a national holiday maybe you have to do it yeah <laughs> <laughs> you say there about the Olympic finalists in, in swimming and rowing but they in those cases they've represented Denmark right they've had that's to represent right. Denmark and that's uh, that's right we also see online with the Faroese Olympic Committee that there's a big push to you know promote Faroese athletes and to show that you know we are speaking on, on your behalf we are a country ourselves yeah. how, how do you feel about that personally are you allowed to talk about your well Faroese identity in, yeah, a, in well, a larger sense of course with, with the handball team we, we believe that we, we've created something that uh, the Faroes nation can gather around uh, that they're proud of um, and and 
at the moment we, we cannot play in the Olympics in handball, we can only play in the Euros and, and World Championships. Um, and, and we know that the Sports Federation also uses, uh, for example, uh, among other things, handball to, to uh, promote uh, uh, participation to get Olympic uh, membership. Um, so, um, yeah, it's it's a kind of nation building. Yeah. Yeah. Is it how how much of it is a pipe dream? Do you think, or how much of it uh, is it a realistic thing in the the future for uh, Olympic independence? Um, I don't really know. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I might not be the, the right person, but at, at, at the moment it seems like uh, a bit of a long shot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Faroe Islands needs to be an independent mm -hmm. country before before that happens. And culturally, then, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the the connection the Faroe Islands has with Denmark at the moment? I mean, you mentioned about school there, and we see it's Danish crowns we pay with. Uh, language is very different though that's what i've that's noticed right. yeah already yeah. um yeah can you tell us a little bit of that sense how faroe islands has uh stands for itself well um anybody who comes here can see that we have a different language uh, uh that the mentality is uh, is different um and and uh, uh, we have our own culture uh but Still, we are in the Danish kingdom, and and uh, um, uh, how do you say? Uh, uh, Danish influence has been strong in the Faroe Islands uh, until until um, eighty years ago. Uh, Danish was the official language in school yeah. and and in churches. Um, so uh, so it's been an ongoing process to to um, you know uh, building this uh, this nation yeah, yeah. Do, do you get involved in huga culture or do you have your own version of is it huga huga well or is that a, is that too danish it's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's not not something we 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 dig as much but, but it's it's um, uh, it's also a thing here yeah 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 Hune, it's called in Faroe Islands. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Interesting. It's the same word. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can we talk a little bit about the the club scene here as well? Because that's also a very interesting. I mean, uh, it's developed a lot of these uh, players. It also in the last couple of years, also on the women's side, there's been a fair bit of success in Europe with the club teams. Um, you mentioned the financial aspect right at the beginning about how the federation was going bankrupt a couple of times in the 80s. Uh, what is the financial setup for, for clubs here at the moment and where do you think the scope is for growth on the islands? Well, um, I think most of the clubs are, are, are reasonably well off. Um, of course, if you want to aim higher um, it, it costs more, uh, especially if you want to compete in Europe, and and the cost of competing in Europe is is for sure I think holding holding uh, some of the clubs back because uh, they risk often losing in the first round and 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 um, uh, but we try to somehow it's a it's it's a focus point for us as a federation to to try to promote this. Um, um, and and uh, the stronger clubs are slowly, I think, uh, starting to to buy the idea. 
uh, HMD1 has competed for the last couple of years, both with the men and women, with the women doing especially well. They yeah. came to the quarterfinals in the European Cup uh, two years ago and uh, in the last 16 uh, in the last uh, last year. Uh, so they they've done quite well, but but it is expensive to to compete, uh, and also our our it's it's maybe limited what what income you can create on a, on a small uh, market uh, mm-hmm. as in the Faroe Islands, uh, yeah. Is there a kind of a, you mentioned there? It's the focus of the federation. Do you subsidize a little bit, or um, it's something we we've, we've discussed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, because it's been a lot of uh, focus on our national teamwork uh, in the last couple of years, and we need also to uh, to uh, work uh, with our clubs to to um, to promote them and to to uh, engage them and to uh, yeah to, to just help them with with uh, everything. Because I guess no, no. I guess yeah. You want to have also players who are at that level at a certain point, also playing here, and not just being shipped off to Scandinavia, exactly. And Germany, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, that's right. We we, we the, our clubs are are the ones who who, who produce our talent, and and uh, um, you know. The higher level of, of a league we can can uh, create here, um, uh, the better the talent uh, thrives. Uh, yeah. And you said to us at the very beginning that when you started, you had this goal of qualifying for the Euro in 2024. Obviously, you have that goal in mind now still, and it's very very close to becoming a realization. Um, what are some of the other things you are that are coming up in the future that you have set as milestones for? This, this men's team. Um, well, um, you're you're mentioning specifically the men's team yeah. now. Yeah. Well, well, it's it's to you. Uh, I guess it's to to uh, be in the race every time for, mm. for a place in, in the in the championships, both world and and uh, Euros. Um, I say as a federation, we 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 would like to. Uh, uh, we are focusing focusing a lot of. On, on our women now mm-hmm. also um, they are also in a good uh, in a good um, how do you say Place. yeah they're they're developing uh, well um, and they they're in an inter- interesting group for the next euros yeah, well, Iceland Sweden and yeah the Luxembourg Luxembourg yeah. that's uh, yeah. yeah hey two points <laughs> yeah. at home against Iceland then you're basically yeah. in the euro right that's, yeah <laughs> that's uh, really nice yeah, exactly my yeah. thoughts <laughs> okay yeah. Yeah. yeah so so it's just yeah it's very much ongoing we 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 seldom get the t- time to sit down and mm. reflect so yeah it's hard work then uh, I'll ask you one one bit of reflection then uh, before we let you go uh, that win for the under 20s in the opening game against Denmark how incredibly sweet was that um, well I, I know of my uh, some colleagues we, we were spread out somewhere in the Partille Cup somewhere with them in Portugal and uh, you know we rang each other and there were tears, uh, <laughs> and we know it, 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 uh, it was important for the players. It meant a lot, yeah, because yeah. you know, Denmark is always like big brother. Mm. Uh, so uh, it was, it was huge. Yeah. When 
I, we mentioned it to the the guys earlier uh, when I was in the taxi over yesterday. I uh, was speaking to the driver and mentioned why I was here, and then for 15 minutes he couldn't stop talking about okay. the team. He's uh, he said, yeah, I played in the first division when I was 17, but I'm more of a football guy oh. now. But uh, yeah, when you have people like that who were then talking about the under 20 team he's like yeah we're the top eight in europe and we beat denmark and that's i mean that's that must be an incredible feeling yeah the youth teams are have a a big following here youth handball is 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 big in the faroe islands Um, uh, when they play these these championships they set up big big screens uh, around many places and, and people come and watch and, and um, it's uh, covered a lot by the media so so youth handball is, is uh, yeah very interesting yeah. I can't think of anywhere else where they'd set no. up public viewing yeah. for a youth team that's yeah. Uh, yeah, incredible. in any sport that's, yeah. that's really remarkable mm. so, especially with the weather yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay anything else you got for me? no it's good for me yeah. no, I think anything else you'd like to leave no, us with no I think I'm good nice <laughs> thank you Ari, yeah. Ari Rauch Rice Rauch? Yes, Rauch. Rauch. Yeah, Rauch. it's Welsh. It's Welsh. It, it sounded yeah. very yeah. yeah. So, okay, where, where's the Welsh? How did you? My grandfather you was was Welsh, and he brought yeah. the sheep. He, he was no, he, <laughs> <laughs> he was a soldier during the Second World War oh, in, okay. in the Faroe Islands and stayed here. No, then, actually, or, no, he he left, okay. but the name stayed on. Okay, yeah. ah, right. Okay, okay. Yeah. okay, so not the only British. He moved connection. to New Zealand. Wow. All right. Yeah. Well. Another country full of sheep. Yeah. Yeah, Wales, New yeah. Zealand and Faroe Islands. There you go. On yeah. that. Uh, Ari, thank you so much. Uh, good luck for the rest thank of this you. week. Thank you. You're well. very welcome. It's a, it's a joy to be here. Thank you. That was Ari. And uh, as you'd kind of expect from the Faroe Islands, it's a place where everyone knows everyone some or at least knows somebody who knows somebody else uh, actually uh, we had Elias mentioned that as well you can't can't do anything in this place <laughs> without getting caught you need to go to which is why he's moved to Sweden and uh, well will it be the same in Kiel oh, he'll, time will tell for him when he goes there but he knew uh, a band here some people performing in a band uh, and it was the only gig in town on Tuesday night and uh, somehow, Brian Campion, you got yourself involved in it. So I met you, and you were having a coffee in this place called Nordic House, and I had been out walking around, taking some lovely photos of some fairies, a sheep, and uh, I, was, I rocked up with my camera, and this man with dreadlocks approached me and goes, are you a photographer? And I said, I'm a, yeah, and I'm also a videographer. And he goes, perfect, would you like to work tonight? And I said, um, yeah, why not? Ended up shooting video for this um, Fairways band and it was really really great very atmospheric stuff and it was like um, a Nordic saga yeah the album yeah it was fantastic yeah, yeah. I'm really glad like I'm glad we went in the end anyway yeah uh, thanks to you I got in for free yeah no uh, days off here no days off yeah. <laughs> you went and worked I sat there and took in the culture um turned on my produ- uh, artist producer hat sat there and uh, yeah great hour Spent proper uh, Faroese cultural experience, which I don't think we were we were expecting to walk around, mm-hmm. see some of the sites, but we got some Faroese music instead. And then we move on to the big day, the day of the match, and the day of what we were, we, we were here for in the first place. And I think it's probably fair to say that there is kind of a a calmness 
about this whole group. I think probably because they're at the beginning of it. And I feel like, I think a lot of the players know that, that they're still, it's a very, very young squad, extraordinarily young squad. And the people involved in the background, I think they know that this this is, this is just the beginning of this and they're, they're kind of definitely overachieving what they ever they're definitely overachieving their their goals so they can approach big games like the game against Ukraine today with sort of ease I mean there was definitely some nerves in the hall as well but I think not maybe as much as if it were the last of the golden generation yeah. so there's a, definitely a calmness about them and you can see that with the way the Faroe Islands approached the game as well they weren't playing like a bunch of young guys they were so mature and there was there was points in that match where I thought okay they could they could crumble here a little bit and the pressure could come on but they never really seemed to let them let it affect them and for me Ollie Mitten didn't score the most goals on the court but the goals he did score I think were so clutch and in such important moments and it kind of felt like often when their attack was going nowhere he'd just take a goal against one yeah. beat his man and and, uh, and whack it in. Uh, so he was, I, for me, very, really, really impressive. Um, who, who else stood out for you? Oli Matun, I think, was fantastic. As you said, he was the, you know, it's crazy to say a 17-year-old is a yeah. calming influence, but he is a, he is a calming influence in that team. Um, the goalkeeper, Pauli Jakobsen, was yeah. phenomenal. He, he's 20 years old. Uh, he set the tone for them as well, making some huge saves. Two penalties he faced, made both of them, uh, saved both of them. And uh, Elias Ellison, a Shippagatu, uh, was, you know, yeah, you said he might have taken 20, 20 shots, but he scored 13 goals. Yeah. Uh, and 13 goals is probably, the. I think that's the best he's done at mm. a senior level. Uh, him, Oli Matun, and the two wingers as well, in particular Hawkon, best of Tigum, another player that people uh, anticipated needed to have a uh, a big game for them. Like all the th- all the three main lads in attack who needed who, who could have had a great game and really made an influence, all of them had as close to a perfect game as possible. Mm. Uh, he got six passes. He scored six goals. As simple as that. Mm. And uh, we were watching some video there that she recorded uh, of him on a fast break, and his jump shot is just ridiculous. Yeah, uh, he is uh, yeah, a phenomenal player, and we will actually speak to him, or we've spoken to him shortly after the game. We'll hear uh, from him shortly. Um, but I think you're spot on what you said about the the way they approached the game. The pressure was on Ukraine from the very beginning because and I think that's what the Pharaoh guys really relish as well it's like we're the young talented guys from this really small place yeah. everyone who comes up against us have this kind of mentality that we should we have to beat them yeah, yeah. Not, not just we should but we have to mm. and if we don't we're a disgrace yeah um, and I think they they really relish that and uh, yeah you saw it right from the beginning from this Ukraine team who of course, everything they've gone through in the last couple of years cannot be fathomed. But the majority of them are training and playing together every single day in Germany with Motor. But it didn't look like that today. No. They, they lost the, the kind of, uh, yeah, whatever uh, flow they had in the European League that made them look so good towards the end of that campaign. Uh, just didn't, didn't show today. And uh, they were making... Or, kind of silly turnovers players are playing out of position 
they tried to match Pharaohs for the speed and just cut like that was a bad idea. Yeah, <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah, and uh, but yeah. anytime they did feel like they were coming back, and that's when I think Jakobsen stepped up and he yeah. really kind of shut the door on them a few times. Um, but I mean, what a what an absolutely incredible story this whole thing is. Yeah. Like I mean, to, it just has taken over this this island, and everyone you talk to here. They all know about it. They all know the players' names. They all know the underage teams, how they're doing. Mm-hmm. It really has captured people's imagination here. And it's just going to, you'd imagine, inspire like, yeah. three or four more generations. And you can see that after the game with the, all the kids on the court flooding around the, yeah. the players. Um, so it's, 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 it's really, really exciting times for, for the Faroe Islands. And it's interesting what you said there as well about... Um, the population thing because the Fairwinders like to make their own uh, graphics before games sometimes and I think that's a bit of a psychological thing as well the fact that you know you like your te- team like whoever it may be like Ukraine with the population of however a million and it's just that little bit more that like you, yeah, you shouldn't be losing to us with, with the population of our size when they don't feed in that to themselves because they say it doesn't matter what size the, pop- what size of the country is it, may- it matters how many good players you have all you need is 16 exactly players, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but then before the game they do like to Poke, make some yeah. poke and make some interesting graphics. You were looking at one with with uh, Austria where they were comparing the unemployment rate, the unemployment rate, and the <laughs> age expectancy for men which is in both countries. Both of them victories yeah. for the Faroe Islands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the the post match scenes as well. So, you know, Faroe Islands won by seven goals in the end, and they with that win, they're almost almost over the line. We won't know until Sunday night exactly whether they've made it or not. They still have to face Austria. The result of that, I mean, if they get a point, then they've done the job themselves. But if they lose, then they have to see how it goes with uh, Romania against Ukraine. But Ukraine need a big win, I think eight goals, in order to to knock Pharaohs out of third place. And then it depends on the other groups. But things are looking, as things stand, everything's looking good. Everything's coming up Millhouse for Faroe Islands. I had a chance uh, on the court, surrounded by all those kids getting autographs, uh, to speak to uh, Håkon Vestertagum and to uh, Peter Bredsdorf Larsen, the coach, a man who's recently come into this whole fray and uh, helped push them on to the next level. Who do you want to hear from first, Brian? Uh, let's go for the coach. Let's go for Peter. Peter. Holy shit. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, what a night for your team. I know you've only had a few minutes now running around doing interviews and talking to people, but uh, first reflections on this evening for you. It's, uh, it's, it's such a privilege to be part of this uh, development of uh, the Fairy Island Same Ball. We have been on our way, and the last past year we have been outstanding on our home court. Uh, big victories against Italy, uh, uh, close match against Germany and Austria, and this big win against Romania. And today, where the, the first time where Ferry Islands was a favorite, I was a little anxious about that because there's a big difference yeah. being an underdog and being a favorite. So today, I saw an outstanding performance again, uh, good enough to win uh, big. So that's nice. Um, we brought it ourselves in a good position. It's not over yet. Still, we have the opportunity to do it by ourselves uh, on Sunday in Austria, and uh, of course, we are fortunate and uh, and happy to be in that position. That's nice for uh, for a small country like uh, Faroe Islands, and uh, see if we can complete the mission on Sunday. Uh, as you said, you came into this one in your minds as favourites, which is uh, for such a young team. You think maybe that could have some kind of effect, but 
watching them in training yesterday mm. they look so calm and composed just like it was such it was like a normal club training session almost and here today against a team that was almost like a club team in the how well rehearsed they were they look so composed again and, and controlled from the beginning you must be so mm. proud of how they dealt with that yeah but I've seen it before they're very competitive and they have they know each other from uh, yeah from uh, from uh, when they were small childs and uh, you can feel that the the motion is big big confidence in each other uh, so that's uh, really nice to be part of and they're very competitive they tried a lot they won a lot also with the U21 so they're used to uh, to uh, compete and to do uh, to do the job also under pressure so that's why uh, Fair Islands is on its way and uh, we will also we'll see uh, much more from the Fair Islands in the future that's obvious so do you see that in the players as well that they they don't approach games like this thinking like you know oh now we're in the seniors and we need to start delivering results oh, no. like it's always been for them they, they expect uh, from themselves and from each other that uh, to do big things and uh, again today and also against Romania last time I saw uh, I saw several players playing on their outmost at their very top for example Laibu Mortensen an unknown player from first division in Denmark he was outstanding uh, Akimenko big star from Bucharest zero goals from the wing and I were contributing the other end so just an example of uh, how, how big it is and talk to me about how you manage the uh, Ukrainian team you meant Akimenko there super quiet also uh, Turchenko as well started at left back and then he was stuck out on the other side of the court which itself seemed like a strange decision but you forced those things to happen as a defense and as a team Akimenko and Chushenko, of course, uh, big, big key players for Ukraine. We knew that, and uh, a lot of accomplishments for our defense uh, that did a, an outstanding job. Uh, it's not easy, uh, but we did it. And uh, Paul Yarov in the goal also helped us. So, uh, but that, that is not unusual for us. So again, uh, we're just happy. Uh, remember, Paul Yarov, he's playing for a fairer team who is going to the final, but it's still a fairer team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and all these players, I mean, your, your key players today. You mentioned everyone stepping up, but it's not every day that you have the likes of Elias getting 13 goals, Oli beside him with seven, Hawkins scoring everything he gets out in the wing. I mean, yeah. your main, main players delivered as good as they could get. I mean, that's, that's yeah, a dream. Uh, Hakon was, again, outstanding. Outstanding. And uh, and Oli Mitson was also outstanding. Uh, Elias was a, a general for us. Uh, and even I know he's, uh, he agrees with me he has a potential in this game he could do even better So, but they, they are great players uh, and they perform on a very high level under pressure that's why they're going to big clubs now uh, Berlin and Kiel and so on and that's why we will see more um, a lot more from Fair Islands in the future and the only thing missing today is the fact that it was guaranteed to go to the finals that's, <laughs> the, that's the only thing missing from a perfect yeah, day but yeah. here we are surrounded by young fans as well and yeah. And hearing everyone talk about the the Faroese handball culture, the fact that the school halls are open for people to play all day, they let people on the court like this, it must be a beautiful thing to be a part of. This is what I dreamt about when I said yes uh, two years ago uh, to be part of this uh, big-time family. And I feel um, being a part of the family now, uh, it's so, so nice. Uh, a lot of energy, a lot of passionate, uh, and a lot of love between the players. So uh, it's a special atmosphere here at the Fairgrounds and also on the team. I enjoy it very much, also with my fellow colleagues and friends from Denmark, Klaas Müller, co-assistant, and Tom Jensen doing a, f a fabulous job, uh, our team manager also, but 
we're just happy to be here and happy to contribute to the journey of the Fairy Islands and it's not over yet. No. And as you said, a big game on Sunday, but will you give yourself a chance to enjoy this one tonight? We will, uh, of course, enjoy it, uh, but uh, our eyes are focused on the possibility in Austria, where we will go uh, and see and use the, the opportunity to decide it by ourselves. We don't want to be dependent on seven other groups. We want to do it by ourselves, and that's what we are going for, to Austria for. Fantastic. Peter, thank you so much. You're welcome. That was Peter. And, uh you could hear in his voice, he also said it explicitly, how kind of proud he is. And it's almost like a dream for him to be a part of this. He's just, he feels really grateful to be an outsider who's being allowed to be a part of this whole journey, which is really mm-hmm. nice. Um, and this is a guy who was the assistant coach for Denmark when they won the Olympics. Oh, yeah. True. <laughs> right? yeah, so yeah, he's, yeah. Or like won European championships and uh, or taking them to the Olympics. I don't think they won during his time, but he was, you know, big time assistant coach for Denmark. Bjerringbro coach, Colding coach, and uh, throwing his lot in now with the Faroese team. And uh, also, he didn't he might have come across there, but he's got a real kind of proud uncle, proud dad feeling about it as well, talking about all the players, which is uh, beautiful. Yeah. I mean, everyone we met over this this whole week, or a no, week, we were here a few days. Yeah, it feels like a week. Um, should have been a week, but everyone we met from the federation have been have been absolutely incredible to yeah. us. Should like we that. talk about what happened after the game? And now, yes. Yeah, so, uh, so after the game, we were about to leave and head, head downtown, down to Torshavn, and probably pick up another pizza like we did yesterday because the game finishes quite late and restaurants here, as understandably, it's not a, it's not a big city. Yeah, the are closed close at nine. Kitchen <laughs> closed at nine. So the club, our federation, have, uh, invite us back for some for some fish soup. And I'm not much of a fish soup man, I'll be honest. When I heard fish soup, I was a bit like, oh, I don't know about this. The most be- beautiful fish soup I've ever had in my life. Amazing. And I'm not just saying Top that. Much. It was absolutely incredible. And they made the biggest pot ever. And it was the whole team, a lot of people from the federation, uh, parents, everyone else there. The pot is so big, I think we maybe made a dent of about a fifth into it. Uh, that's and it was made, made by <laughs> the parents. parents. Yes, made by the parents. The women's team due to the security for the game, and what else was there? There was about 180 people from from the clubs. There's yeah. like a, they said 180 people uh, involved as like volunteers for the event. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Yeah. So it's a real family kind of vibe to the whole thing, yeah. and I can't wait to come back. Yeah, and I hope it's sooner rather than later. But you have one more person that you spoke to. We did, yes, um, and uh, it's funny because we were talking about the parents there, because Ari was saying that uh, you know we we were trying to find ways to also cut back on costs because we know that uh, we don't have all this money but we also because a lot of these players are now living in Scandinavia mm. and are coming back just for the international weeks so they wanted to find a way for the parents to also be close to their sons mm. and so this whole thing where the parents are cooking the soup they're involved and so it's everyone in there so it was crazy it was in this in this VIP room the players coaching staff parents and the two of us yeah <laughs> And they were having a bit of a team talk at one stage, yeah. and we were thinking, this is weird. Riled up here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so a whole family affair, and uh, I, on court again, had a chance to go over to uh, Hawkon Vesta Tigum, uh, let him finish talking to his granddad. Uh, he finally free after signing about 400 autographs, and we spoke about that and about his reaction to the game and just, you know, loving playing with this bunch of guys. 
Hakan, uh, you've been signing autographs here and talking to your family, I guess, for the last 20 minutes, so you probably haven't had a chance to think about what has just happened, but can you put it into some words, your first reflections on the game? Uh, it's amazing. Uh, awesome. Yeah, uh, but... Uh, but we enjoy every moment today and tomorrow, but uh, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, we, our focus has moved on and the next stop is Austria. Uh, we had to win today, we knew that, but, uh, but still we need to, if we want to be secured, as 100% secured, we have to maybe, we have to uh, make a sensation on Sunday, uh, but it will be very difficult. But, but first and foremost, we are very happy and now we have yeah, great hope for qualifying at the Euro. And as you said, it's not 100% confirmed. It's that's probably the only thing missing from tonight to make it really perfect. Yes. But this is—it feels like a landmark occasion as well. It's not just a victory, but really one where you, you know, dominated for the entire 60 minutes. Yeah, it's not as a Faroe Islands hasn't been have a, hasn't been used to uh, dominating or whatever you call it. But uh, but uh, we are st- we have for the past two years we have uh, one more games than we have lost. Uh, we are progressing. Uh, yeah, quickly. We are getting older, the young ones. We have new new powers in. Uh, so, so the future is bright, even though we are a small country. But, uh, but as a, according to our small country, we are yeah far ahead, in my opinion. But uh, but first and foremost, our main goal is to qualify for the Euros, and that's our yeah target. And if that fails, I think uh, a qualifying within the two years is inside. Absolutely. And uh, well. We'll see how it goes on Sunday, but I mean, first of all, looking back on, on today, it probably wasn't so many years ago that you were getting autographs signed for you, uh, and here you are, one of the, the heroes of the team. I mean, all of you who were out there in the court today really delivered. I mean, a lot of expectation on you out in the right wing, on Oli and Elias in the center of attack as well. It's not often that it works so perfectly for the, everyone involved. No, but I mean, I think... Uh Faroe Islands hasn't be, have been struggling in the past, but now we have made a great foundation. We have some of the older guys who are uh, sharing their experience, and we have some of the new powers uh, like myself, Elias, and Oli, and, uh, Paul, uh, pa- and the two Paulis. Uh, so, uh, so uh, I think it's a good mix between uh, young and uh, and not older power. They're not that old, but uh, but I, I think we have a very good. 24 is pretty old. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a very good mix in our team, and our spirit is very good. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we are enjoying every uh, bit, every journey. And it really feels like that. I remember watching your training yesterday as well towards the end. Everyone's so calm and composed. It was almost like a normal kind of club training session. Exactly. And also we love playing at home court. We have made a reputation of uh, having a strong home court. Uh, but, uh, but also uh, so playing, playing good and being strong. But also uh, our fans are amazing. Even though here are just under 2,000, it sounds like three, four, five thousand. 5,000. So... So it's not fun to win without uh, these amazing fans. Yeah, it's a real joy to, to be a part of as well. And uh, you're coming back from Denmark now for these national team breaks and you're going to be based in Germany next year. So how, how do you feel the difference has been the last couple of years coming back to these international breaks and the way people are responding to the team? I mean, it's getting better and better. Uh, I have lived abroad for the past five years and uh, every national week is, is special, uh, both seeing as a, some of my best mates, but also coming home to uh, to the family and seeing friends here. So so it's amazing. Uh, so it doesn't feel I don't have any pressure at all when playing here in Faroe Islands. It's uh, something else when we play. Uh, as well, I mean, if you, when we are going to play in Aussie, it's, it's 
two totally different teams, in my opinion. I mean, uh, you can see our will and, and and thrive when we play here. It's it's uh, extraordinary compared to to uh, yeah to uh, so when we are a home game. It's sure. yeah. Yeah. And now, you know, you're moving to, to Berlin next season, Elias is off to Kiel. Do you f- also feel like, as part of the team now, like you're, you're making these huge waves in the, the international handball world. Do you feel the effect on that in the, the wider squad and also with the, I mean, I say younger teams, you're all incredibly young, but I mean, in the, the wider pool of the Fairways national team? Yeah, I mean, uh, handball has become far greater than it was, let's say, just five years ago, seven, six years ago uh, and today it's it's very popular we have as you said yourself uh, yeah hundreds of kids here wanting an autograph it wasn't like that five years ago yeah. not as huge numbers but so so it's it's very fun to to be not only be playing enjoying handball but also inspiring the younger ones to to come and watch and also to participate in handball themselves so so I think yes, it's, it's very fun, even though we are just, many of us are just 21 years old, we already experienced so much here, here in Fair Islands. Yeah. Well, as I said, a job to finish on Sunday, but until then, hope you have a chance to enjoy this evening with the guys a little bit. Yeah. Thank, yeah. Thank you. So that was our trip to the Fair Islands. A fairy tale almost completed, and we'll know, as Chris said, on Sunday, if it's going to be a true fairy tale, and what a story that's going to be. They'll be my team, definitely, for the Euro, if they make it. Uh, I'll be following them all the way. Amazing. Uh, so fingers crossed for them. And once again, thanks to everyone who we met in the Fairlands over the last two days. Best hosts we've ever had for a handball event. Till I, th- I think so. I think we shouldn't tell them that though. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they'll be as nice to us next time. <laughs> Kill them with kindness. That's the key. You know, feed us fish soup. Give us some nice fairies beer, and uh, we'll be there. Right. Until the next time, thank you everyone who uh, subscribes on Patreon. I have to say that uh, Alex will kill me otherwise. Yes. Uh, make sure you do subscribe. Alex is on a stag weekend. That's yeah. why he's, uh, he's not involved. He's pretty close to us geographically. Geographically, yes. And he'll be he'll be back. He'll be back yes. for, for the, the next, next uh, morning club. The morning club. Yes. And uh, yeah, also the live show coming up soon. Eduardo Amarim uh, is booked. Yahya Omar is booked. Courtney Gain is booked. And we'll buck a couple more people, so sign up for that as well. Anyone who's a Patreon subscriber gets in for that live show on the 7th of May at 8 o'clock. But until then, from Brian and myself in lovely, lovely Torshaven, goodbye.